Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. My name is Allison Bobbitt, and I'm here as always with my lovely husband, Mike Bobbitt. And Mike, you made me watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I did, and you handled it like a champ and not a wuss, <laughs> which is a mix between a wimp and a puss. Oh, that's exciting. I believe that term was coined from this movie, was or at least really? the book that Cameron Crowe wrote that this movie is based on. Right out of the gate, trivia. I will tell you my history with this movie. Yes. And then tell me what you knew about it. This was one of those movies I did not see until well after I was out of high school. It came out when I was 10 years old in 1982. Oh my God. So definitely inappropriate for me to watch. I don't really remember the first time I saw it. I have no idea how I was introduced to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It could even be, I saw Almost Famous, and then I was like, oh, let's go see other uh, Cameron Crowe films. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. I like that it is not the movie that I think a lot of people expect it to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know. I uh, I just really enjoy it. I think it is, I think it is as important today as it was 40 years ago when it came out. Okay, that's fair. How familiar were you with the movie before you saw it? I became familiar with Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I want to say, probably in high school because of the red bikini and Phoebe Cates, like the fantasy scene. That remind. That's how I came about it. I really like the movie Gremlins, and I heard that this was actually a prequel to Gremlins with Phoebe Cates and Judge Reinhold. That's right. There's Gremlins, Gremlins 2, A New Batch, and Gremlins, Negative 1, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Is that serious? Yeah. Oh. So that's really all I knew about it. And then those VH1 shows, I Love the 80s, Mm -hmm. (laughs) came out and they talked about that movie and it obviously. So that was really all I knew about it. And that it was like Sean Penn's first big role. But honestly, he's like not really in it that much. Basically, you're 90% of what you know about this is Paul Shear going, and Phoebe Cates in that red bikini. Kind of. And Michael Ian Black. Yeah. And um, Hal Sparks. Yeah. <laughs> All talking about the- The fantasy sequence. The fantasy sequence. Um, Sean Penn 
as, you know, Spicoli. And one of the things that kind of surprised me about this is that. Well, before you tell me what surprised you, did you like it? I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Okay. And it was not the movie I thought it was going to be. Okay. And what did surprise you about it? It was kind of serious. I thought it was going to be just kind of a straight up like stoner movie because of what I knew about the Spicoli character and because people were like, oh, yeah, like because Sean Penn is like first build. Right. I feel like he's not in it that much. He isn't. I feel like it's a movie about Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, I would say so. Like it's her movie more so than his. Right. But that's so- just my opinion. Cameron Crowe was a journalist since he was 15 years old, Mm -hmm. writing for Playboy and Rolling Stone. Mm -hmm. And he got a book deal. And because at the time he was still pretty young looking, he went undercover in high school and documented everything and kind of reported on it without editorializing at all. And that was this, what this became. Mm -hmm. And... The differences between the book and the movie is uh, there are additional characters and you go way more in depth about a lot of the stuff. And the Spicoli character is not the comic relief in it. He is not at all. He's an obnoxious fuck up in the book that everyone in the school hates. Yeah. It isn't just Mr. Hand. Like there's a scene in the book where a kid's family dies in a car accident crashing mm-hmm. on a bridge and Spicoli comes running into a classroom with a newspaper like dude check out this gnarly picture of the accident you can see the bodies inside and everyone was like fuck you Spicoli and no one talked to him for like weeks so he's awful in yeah the book. he's awful in the book this quickly got optioned to be a movie mm-hmm. and Amy Heckerling fresh out of film school. She's only like 27 years old. Mm -hmm. She ended up doing, uh, she ended up getting hired by Universal to do the movie. And uh, everyone always talks about the charm of this is the guy who did the casting. There are so many Oscar winners in this movie and Emmy winners. A lot of very famous people came out of this. Well, you know, became super famous after this movie. The reason that Sean Penn is top billed is because he was the only name. Was he the only name? Person. And with that, it was because he had one movie before this, and that was Taps with um, Timothy Hutton and George C. Scott and Ronnie Cox. And it's also Tom Cruise's first big Mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. It's his second movie, period. But it's his his first first big movie. Yeah. Uh, and how their careers went totally different. Oh, um, God. So. Both very interesting people. Yeah. But Sean Penn had been acting. I think he was on like a Little House on the Prairie in the 70s. Oh, possibly. Um, I don't know. And then he went to New York and was a Broadway star. Mm-hmm. That's how he got hired for everything. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of these people were pretty well-known theater people like Forrest Whitaker plays the football star of the mm-hmm. high school and he only has like a couple lines in it. Yeah. And Amy Heckerling felt so bad because he was this really critically acclaimed theater actor that she was like, well, you know, the audition's like two lines. Do you want to do a monologue or whatever? And she, and he just blew everyone away. And uh, yeah, there's so many great yeah. people. Uh, Phoebe Cates debut. 
Jennifer Jason Lee's debut. I don't know. This is pretty sad. Her dad was Vic Morrow, the guy who died on the set of Twilight Zone. And that happened a couple weeks before this movie was released. That's awful. Yeah. Judge Reinhold, uh, pretty much his first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian Backer, who plays Ratner, was... uh, had one big theater role where he was in a Woody Allen thing, which makes sense because he has like that total Woody Allen energy mm-hmm. in this. And, uh, you know, he's still a theater actor. It's kind of weird that Robert Romanus, who plays Mike Damone, is the only one who didn't really have a pretty big yeah, career. Yeah, I was look. I was like, because I saw him and I'm like, he kind of looks like somebody, but I couldn't place it. And then I was like, no, he doesn't look like anybody. He just... Yeah. He's just a guy. He's just a fucking guy. Yeah. I think I was maybe thinking he kind of looked a little bit like Taylor Negron. Yeah, but then like Taylor little, Negron. But then Taylor Negron is the pizza guy as himself. As himself <laughs> uh, I so I was like, oh, no. Like, I was like, oh, when I looked at IMDb, I was like, oh, no, it's not Taylor Negron. Like a young Taylor Negron. A young Taylor Negron is in this as a different role. I googled before we started recording. Um, I was I was very concerned about how old Jennifer Jason Lee was. She looked very young, um, which apparently is why she was cast. But she was nineteen because she shows her boobs and she's almost as full frontal. Robert Romanus does. Does and the movie was given an X rating until Amy Heckerling blurred out his genitals, and then when it came out on VHS. It was cropped, so you couldn't see his uh, uh, schlong. And then uh, we have the Criterion Collection version, which has it intact. Oh, I was like, huh. I didn't know that there was a penis in this movie. but Because yep. there's there's boobies, obviously. There's, um, as everyone knows, Phoebe Kate's boobs are in this. Yeah, it was very but important Phoebe to Kate's- Amy Heckerling that there be male nudity in that scene, too. I think that's good. Um, I will say this about Phoebe Cates. She's so lovely in this. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where, because kind of throughout the whole movie, she has this boyfriend who's like in college or some shit. Who mm. is He's coming down to visit and she's like very much in love with him and he's older. Um, but at the end, like it's clear that he's dumped her. So she has written him a letter and she's reading it to um, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Stacy. And she's crushing it at being very emotional and reading a letter that an emotional teenager would oh yeah would write it was she like that was a really good scene i thought she did really good in that scene she did i always think it's funny that she's mr fishholder's wife <laughs> she is mr fishholder's yeah, wife she's kevin klein's wife mm-hmm. yeah i know which is lovely i i actually kind of love that for them it's Funny, too, Anthony Edwards shows up as one of Spicoli's buddies. Yes. And with a full head of hair. Yeah, you immediately grabbed your phone when he popped up. And I just went, Anthony Edwards. And you were like, really? Like, I knew exactly yeah, what you were looking. I saw him and I'm like, who is that? Because his, his face it, his face is definitely the same, but it's surprising how different he looks um, without hair. Yeah. Because he has long hair. He has like long shoulder length hair. This is actually a prequel to Pulp Fiction because Eric Stoltz (laughs) plays the other stoner. And then, of course, he ends up becoming the drug dealer. Right. Uh Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So something about this movie that surprised me a lot is 
So Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Stacy, loses her virginity to this, like, 25-year-old guy who works at a stereo store. Because everybody kind of works in the mall. Mm-hmm. And has her sexual awakening, you know, as a result. Yeah. And um, she goes on a date with, with Rat and kind of lays it all out there, like, we can hook up. And he chickens out. So he kind of, in trying to save the relationship, brings his buddy, Damone, with him. And they go over to her house and she decides that she likes Damone. So they have sex <laughs> and she gets pregnant. And he is a deadbeat. And he's and a total piece up. of shit about it. I yeah. like the fact that, first of all, this I did not like that. I did not like that, number one, the first thing he says to her after she's like, um, so I just wanted to let you know that I'm pregnant. And he was like, oh, you got to get an abortion. And she's like, yeah, no, I know. Like, he didn't even ask, like, oh, shit, like, what do you want to do? Right. He straight up was like, oh, you got to get an abortion. She's like, yeah, obviously I need to have an abortion. It's going to cost this much. And he's like, oh, I guess you want me to pay for it. And she's like, half. And then he can't even come up with half. Right. And then instead of, like literally asking anyone or doing anything to help her he just doesn't show up mm-hmm. and then when she calls he says that he's not there like he's out doing something else he's such an ass about it yeah he's despicable he's so gross and then his you know his buddy you know finds out about it obviously and they end up making up at the end i'm sorry there's no fucking way I would be friends again with someone if I'm like, okay, so there was someone that I liked. Granted, we weren't together, but not only did you sleep with them, but you did this really shitty thing to them. I don't, it's not super clear if he knows that, but. The Mike Damone character is based on two different characters from the book, so it could be. That they were just but, lumped together. Yeah, it, it could just be a fault in adapting it for the movie, because you're mm-hmm. right, that is gross at the end. Yeah. That, that, you know, Rat would forgive. Be like, yeah, we're still friends. Yeah. And what a shit friend for, you know, her to kind of come on to Damone and him to be like, all right, let's see where this goes. I feel like he was hesitant up until he got to the point where his teenage hormones were like, I can't not do this. Because I also think it was clear that Damone was a virgin. Oh, yeah. Which is why, you know, he... Came in two seconds. Yeah. I mean, I guess I sort of get that. But at the same time, I can't believe he he and Rat made up at the end. I was like, are you serious? Like, fuck that guy. In the book, the abortion scene is much more clinical. Like, they go through and explain every detail Mm -hmm. of what getting an abortion in a situation like that is. And Cameron Crowe was kind of applauded for it because... Like I said earlier, he wrote it without editorializing Mm -hmm. at all. And uh, yeah, he really talks about how uncomfortable it is for her afterwards as well. And in the book, the Damone character stands her up not once, but twice. What a piece of shit, man. Mm -hmm. That's so gross. Yeah. She's doing the thing that you want, and you're still going to be a fucking dick about it. Yeah. Uh, it it just, I really was not happy with him. And that the fact that he was kind of set up for this, like, redemption at the end. I'm like, no. 
He's he has not done anything redeeming. He does not deserve anyone's forgiveness. I nope. really didn't like that part. Mm-mm. Um, but I mean, I liked uh Stacy's story, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee's story, and right. it was kind of nice seeing her like figure out like, okay, like yeah, there's a lot of hormones going on there, but ultimately she kind of wanted like a relationship, and yeah, she ended up finding that. I mean, it took her a little while, and things didn't really go the way she wanted to, but. She got there. I also like that her brother, Brad, played by Judge Reinhold, is being so sleazy in the beginning where he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to break up with my girlfriend because, like, you know, like, I'm a senior and I just, like, really need my freedom. And then, you know, in a series of, you know, terrible events, some customer is yelling at him at his fast food job and he says, you know, something back to them and ends up getting fired and then... His girlfriend dumps him with the same excuse that he was going to yeah. use. I was like, oh, that sucks. His girlfriend played by the girl who uh, Freddy Krueger drags Murders. up the walls and across the ceiling of her bedroom. Yep. In the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I purposely didn't want to tell you that this wasn't a haha comedy. You know, there are definitely funny moments in it, but it is a a pretty brutal it's, it's... look at high school life. And I think a lot of the stories in it hold up the thing that surprised me about this Bacoli character is that so the his relationship with mr hand his his teacher comes to a very interesting climax where he's getting ready to go to like the graduation dance and mr hand shows up at his house and is like hey you've wasted exactly eight hours of my time this semester or this year whatever so now i'm gonna waste eight hours of yours and the fact that he just is like Okay, like just kind of takes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprising. A lot of Spicoli's lines are very um I don't want to say profound because they're really not. But they're <laughs> they're not zingers. They're not funny. Yeah. But they're honest. Yeah. Like um Mr. Han asked him like, "Why can't you get to class on time?" And instead of coming up with some stupid stoner excuse that's just silly, he just goes I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No. Yeah. Oh, that's very profound, Mr. Spicoli. Yeah, like, because it, it's, you know, and he says things like that every once in a while where you're just like, I'm surprised that that was his response or like, that's what he said. Because yeah. it, was, it was, I think part of, you know, even though he has this whole like surfer fantasy, he's clearly not going anywhere. Yeah. But he has this kind of like very childlike innocence about him that kind of creates this believable delivery when he's being honest in his responses. Like when he's on it, when he looks at him and he's just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's not what I expected him to say. Yeah. And, and a lot of his lines are like that where I'm like, well, that's not what I would have expected. <laughs> And a lot of the movie was like that, too, where I'm like, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. Exactly. Yeah. Which was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was going to be a lot of slapstick, you know, silly. And and, and it wasn't. It's, it's kind of a dramedy. Sean Penn was very method for this and insisted that everyone call him Spicoli during the entire filming of this. Okay. He showed up to set on the first day with the slip on checkerboard vans. Mm-hmm. And this movie made sales of those shoes go through the roof. I was going to say that yeah. I bet that was a 
good bump for them. And then on the last day, I think he handed a shoe to Amy Heckerling and one to Cameron Crowe and said, it's nice to meet you. My name is Sean Penn. (laughs) Which is so pretentious, but I love it. Fucking weirdo, dude. I realize some people understand method acting as being like, okay, like it makes sense. It's. I heard someone say that they thought it was creepier for someone who could snap in and out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think it's terrifying someone who goes method, like someone like Daniel Day-Lewis, who goes method for just like years. I'm like, you're a psycho. Like that feels psychotic to me. So the fact that <laughs> Sean Penn was like, went method for this, it, it, oh, it's so weird to me. I don't understand. I mean, I'm, I'm not an actor. I don't know. No, I feel like. For a couple things I've done, I felt like I had to live in the mind of that character on the day of filming up until like filming was done. And then I found myself just snapping out of it really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I should be the poster boy for or against method acting, but I will say that my more serious roles show that that does not work. <laughs> <laughs> I am terrible. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not an actor. I've been in a couple of things like for friends, you know, like I never auditioned for any. Well, in high school, I auditioned for something, but that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it bothers me so much. Yeah. I mean, good for them, like that they're able to like pull a performance like that. But also sometimes you're Spicoli and it's like, why? <laughs> I think someone was making fun of Daniel Day-Lewis for doing Lincoln where, you know, oh, he has to live in the... So how does he get home to his mansion at night? <laughs> <laughs> By train? Yeah, there are questions. There yeah. are questions. No hate on Daniel Day-Lewis. He's obviously... a and He's retired, but yeah. obviously he said he retired because his wife couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I believe it. And I'm like, that's fair. That's good of you. Here are a couple of things about the movie. There was a TV series after this. I did know that. Um, um, Dean Cameron, think... who played uh, Chainsaw in summer school, mm-hmm. played Spicoli. I was going to say, did anyone from the movie do the TV series? Vincent Schiavelli so. and uh, Ray Walston. Also, Nicolas Cage is in this and with literally no lines. Yep. This is his very first role. It's <laughs> the only time he's credited as Nicolas Coppola. His real name. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he has zero lines. You just you just know it's him because it's Nick Cage's face. And you're like, oh, shit, it's Nick Cage. I think he appears in the credits higher than some of the people that do have speaking lines. He does. Which is probably because his family is, you know, Hollywood royalty. The there Coppola's. is a spiritual sequel to this. It's called The Wildlife. And I think you're going to love this cast. It is about a bunch of high school graduates who get their, like, uh, first apartment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's written by Cameron Crowe and directed by Art Linson, who is the producer on Fast Times. And uh, Eric Stoltz comes back. You know, different character. Mm-hmm. Leah Thompson is in it. Oh, okay. Chris Penn. Because probably couldn't afford yeah, Trump in. Probably couldn't. Uh, Chris Penn playing kind of a Spicoli-type role. Oh. Ellen uh, Mitchell-Smith, who is one of the kids from Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Which, have you ever seen that? No. Oh, God. Oh, God. We need to watch that. Oh, God. And one of the other just-out-of-high-school kids 
in this movie that was filmed in 1984, the year, and it well, the movie that came out in 1984, the year that Ghostbusters came out, Mm -hmm. uh, Rick Moranis. Really? Yeah. Sweet angel Rick Moranis. Yep. After Strange Brew, you know. He's playing a kid just out of high school? I believe so. After Strange Brew. He's 32 years old. I was going to say, I'm like, it's not like he was like, like really, I mean, he was young, but not, you know, like, you're close enough to high school age young. And maybe he plays one of the older people in it, Mm. but um, I, mm, I don't know. But probably not. Let's face it. Yeah. I mean, he has a youthful look, sort of, but I don't know, man. He's not in the cast picture of, like, the young people in the movie. Oh, maybe um, he was, like, the apartment manager or something. It is very funny, though. If you look at pictures from the movie, Chris Penn is, like, bleach blonde, trying to do this, like, Billy Idol type thing. Oh, it, it is ridiculous. That's unfortunate. It's also funny seeing uh, Ellen uh, Mitchell Smith playing kind of like a John Bender from breakfast club type role because mm-hmm. he is a very effeminate nerd in weird science really uh-huh okay actually I, I think i am going to try to find the wildlife to watch i'm not going to make you watch it but um i'm glad that you kind of it, it sounds like you kind of like this movie yeah i i um i honestly thought i was gonna think it was stupid just because i thought it was gonna be a stoner comedy and i'm like oh those don't always Which age is very well weird because I'm not really a guy who's into stoner comedies. I know, but I honestly just thought, oh, you know, like it's a movie that you've seen, so you just yeah, picked it. Yeah, but it was it one that I specifically asked for the Criterion cr- Collection for. I Christmas. didn't actually know that. Oh, okay. I don't think I'm the one who got it for you. Okay. Well, so I don't, someone I don't probably know. shops for Christmas off Amazon wish list. What? Thank you, Mom. I love you. <laughs> Um, I did get some stuff off of your Amazon wish list. I know. It was whatever was left after your mom bought almost everything. (laughs) Because my mommy looks at those as shopping lists. Uh, Don't I know. I love my mommy. Please stop. I think it holds up in a lot of ways. And I think... (laughs) I don't know why I enjoyed watching Judge Reinhold... Fail at life. Fail at life. Just, I think it's and because literally he, it was just by having a shitty job. Yeah. That he held in such high regard. Yeah. Like he just he was like employee of the month at this burger place. And it it's like a popular burger place. And that made him feel like he was such a badass. And I'm like, what the f-? so when he loses that job, it's like he loses all of his identity. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I mean, things kind of end up coming around for him, which is, you know, he earns it, I would say. Yeah. Um, I think it's satisfying because he starts off so sleazy. Yes. And then he, you kind of watch him become this better person in a sense. Like he's there for his sister. You know, he doesn't. I mean, that's really it. That's the only nice thing he does is he's there for a sister. Yeah. But he's also like. Which letting- also, by the way, is not in the book. It's uh, Phoebe Cates' character mm-hmm. ends up going with her in the book. And uh, the Judge Reinhold character gets fired from two fast food restaurants. Oh, nice. The first one, he gets framed for robbery. And then the second one is where he threatens a customer. Mm. Well, I guess I feel like 
like he was there for his sister when he really could have just dropped her off and fucking went on his way. Yeah. But no, he like was concerned and followed her. And they do seem like they have a good relationship. But, you know, he was very much there for her in a way that like, you know, I'm sure Phoebe Kate's character would have been there for her. But it's like. I'm glad that it was her brother that was who was, who was there for her when Damone yeah. didn't show up. And I then think I that's also, a much better scene. For yeah. The movie, yeah. And I feel like, you know, when he knocks out the armed robber, you know, at his at his new job at the like mini mart. I, you know, I think that's kind of redeeming that he he knows there's someone else in the store. I mean, yeah, he's trying to save himself, but at, he's also like kind of freaking out at first where he's like, hold on, I'm trying to like remember the safe and then, like, he manages to collect himself, like, because yeah. he initially gets so flustered in the beginning of the movie, you know? So you look at that change in how he's handling the situation because he wants to protect Spicoli? I think he realizes he has an opportunity to not get stomped on, I guess, like, yeah, okay. you yeah. know, and he's like, okay, like, I could get robbed right now, and then... Be the sad schmuck who got robbed. Be the sad schmuck who got robbed. And then, like, also Spicoli's here. Yeah. You know, who knows what'll happen when he comes out. You know, if that's going to freak the robber out or what. You know, because the guy's pointing a gun at him. I think he's like, this is my opportunity to save me and this guy, too. Because who fucking knows what's going to happen? Because he's just in the bathroom and he just comes around the corner like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, Spicoli wouldn't have the wherewithal to stay hidden in the bathroom if he rounded the corner and saw that there was a guy with a gun. You know what I mean? So I feel like on some level, he's like aware that Spicoli's in the store still. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily like that he's trying to save him as much as he's like, there's a few different ways this this can go. And I feel like this is going to be the one with the best outcome. And it's like he kind of chooses the right thing and pulls himself together to do something instead of, you know... Like when he, you know, yells at the customer yeah. in the beginning. Or Technically he does, speaking, he did the wrong thing in the robbery. Yes, but it worked out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like you see a little bit of personal growth there. Okay. I mean, not a lot. Don't get me wrong. He still plays a high school student who, you know. So I have a couple pieces of trivia and then uh, we'll wrap this one up. Okay. The character that was based on, well, actually, I have one piece of trivia and a theory a conspiracy theory about this okay uh the character rat is based on the real life person who ended up writing those like pc programming for dummies all those for dummy books oh interesting yeah that's cool here's my theory too i think the line and then i heard he pulled a knife on him no he just he just called him a dick yeah yeah I think the exaggeration in that scene is the key to the entire thing. Because how would Cameron Crowe, going undercover in high school, he's still going to be the new kid. Mm -hmm. How would he know all these intimate details? A lot of them are probably based on rumors that he heard. Like, Mm -hmm. how would he know details of Judge Reinhold's character getting caught jerking off? You know, there's just too many things... And too many clicks for him to actually know everything about. So I think this movie is less based on fact and more based on high school rumors. That's entirely and com- possible. And or completely made up by him in moments. Maybe. 
I mean, I also sort of feel like sometimes people don't know the volume of their own voices, and it's probably easy to eavesdrop if you're the new kid and no one's really talking to you. Why did you look at me when you said that? Because you're loud as fuck, okay? I love you so much, but you have a very loud, booming voice. 90% of the editing I do of this podcast is taking my voice out of your microphone. (laughs) I'm not surprised. I love you so much. I love you too. When Phoebe Cates walks in on Judd Reinhold, the face she makes, I think we both watched this video, but I do want to say it on the podcast. The face that she makes is hilarious, and it's because Judd Reinhold actually um he didn't pull his own dick out don't worry guys but he he used a dildo that's out of frame you know so when she walks in she sees that and is like ooh, like her face is her genuine reaction the way her mouth goes yes almost cartoonish frown yes where like, she's like ooh, <laughs> it's it like it did something involuntary <laughs> it was so funny because yeah it it does a thing that I feel like you almost can only genuinely do. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, okay. So, yes, I did like this movie. Okay, good. If you saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High and would like to let us know what you thought of it, please join us on our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And I would like to know if there are any other movies that you kind of went in thinking it was going to be like sort of a stupid, silly movie. Uh, and it was not. And it kind of surprised you with how much you kind of ended up enjoying it. And yeah, like Schindler's List. Oh, my God. You always use that example. And oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, like the boy in the striped pajamas. off. Stop naming Holocaust movies. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested to hear, you know, like, if there were any movies you kind of went and think, oh, it's just going to be some dumb, silly movie. And then you were like, oh, that's surprising. I, I didn't expect it to be this and and that i would enjoy that yeah and also allison will have visual hints of what we're talking about up on our instagram as well as uh, pictures that she pulls from the movie Mm -hmm. wherever you listen to podcasts if you'd be so kind as to leave a review or if there was an episode that you know uh, someone might enjoy tell them about it and uh until next week keep being awesome and bye 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 else came out in 1984 for rick moranis what your favorite movie what movie streets of fire fuck that fucking movie